0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, thank you for downloading, and thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I am your boy 12 Kyle. Check this out. (laughs) On this episode, what I want to talk about is colors. Colors. No, not the Famous song by Ice-T. But I want to talk about colors, more specifically, colorism. Now, if you're not familiar with it, get familiar. I will explain for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm pretty sure there's a segment of you who don't know what I'm talking about. But just relax. I'll I'll get to it. Um, I came to this uh, topic because I was... um, As you guys know, I'm a huge fan of the the TV series Snowfall, right? So I was looking for something, and I did a a podcast uh, probably maybe two months ago on Snowfall. And I was looking for some clips or something on Twitter. And in the midst of looking for the clips uh, on Twitter, I think I typed in Snowfall... um, I th- yeah, that's what it was. I typed in the, the, the hashtag SnowfallFX, and there was a young lady that had posted a tweet about Snowfall, and so I looked at her tweet, And but what happened was when I looked at her tweet, her tweet wasn't the thing that got my attention. What got my attention was the tweet right beneath the tweet that I was looking for, and I'm going to read it to you. Um, And the late young lady's name is Rasante on Twitter. She is my name is Rasante. Um, and the tweet is from February 20th, uh, 2023. And it says nobody, meaning that nobody would say this. And then under that, it says, Me, when was the last time I saw a chocolate baby? Like both parents are chocolate and produced a chocolate baby not a brown paper bag baby like a hershey's chocolate kiss baby are dark-skinned families becoming extinct in america question mark question mark question mark and so that tweet got me to thinking and i immediately took a picture of it because i was like you know what that's an episode right there um because it deals with colorism and it, it's always interesting because I'm going to let the cat out of the bag really quick if you're not black you probably have never been privy to this conversation unless you've been around black people and then sometimes even if you're around black people we don't really talk about, the, about this particular thing in mixed company and we're going to do that this time because, uh, but this makes company because those of you who are listening, I can't assume that all of you are black or those of you who are watching on YouTube. Thank you for watching. Um, I'm going to assume that you're not all black uh, in case you did not know I am black. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I got, I got to be honest, right? They, they may not know. I mean, if they don't have YouTube, they they may not know that I'm black, but I'm black Um, and I'm dark skinned um, chocolate. Percy's Kisses Chocolate, she described I like to call it sexy chocolate, but you know, hey, it is what it is. Nonetheless, that tweet got me to thinking because, again, not only is it something that is not really talked about as much in our community as it probably should, uh, but there's underlying themes um, that go along with it. Before I even get into that, I will get into the personal um, well, no, you know, let me, let me get into the, let me get into the themes first. Uh, and so naturally before I, uh, get into my personal account, uh, let's talk about what colorism is. And I'm going to read to you, um, the definition. Uh, it says here, another type of discrimination that typically exists among people of the same race, ethnicity, is colorism. Colorism is the prejudice based on skin tone, usually marked with a preference for lighter-skinned people. It roots from the belief of white supremacy, and it can be traced back to slavery. Hmm. Huh. When the slave masters raped and impregnated black slaves, the offspring were treated better than the typical slaves because of their white ancestry. The daily toll of having colorism today is impeccable. Dark-skinned people report higher experiences of microaggressions and dark-skinned black women self report where excuse me self report worse health and what does it say worse health than light-skinned women so that little blurb there deals with colorism um now again if it is it, something that we don't talk about in mixed company but I'm going to talk about it on this podcast um yeah that is the origination of colorism uh in slavery days and I know that <laughs> Slavery's been in the news this year in particular because they don't want you to learn about your history. But yeah, the, the history of slavery was yes, white slave masters impregnated, raped um their slaves, um, female slaves. Uh and a lot of times did it, you know, in front of, or at least with the knowledge of the black man, and he knew it, but there was nothing he could do about it. If that white slave master wanted your black wife, who was a slave, he could have her, and there was nothing that you could do about it. That's history, it's fact. It's not opinions, it's not anything that the state of Florida is trying to hide from you or anything like that. It is fact. So I said that to say this, what that did was that created wherein black people looked and was of a certain hue when we got here as slaves, We then became more of a spectrum because our blood and our race was mixed. I don't think I, I don't think I need to be a rocket scientist to tell you this for you to figure it out, but that's how we as black people, Look in different shades and hues. Now, if you look at white people, white people, they're the same color. <laughs> at least for the most part. I mean, uh, you got, you know, white people with red hair. You got people with blonde hair. You got brunettes. You got blondes. But they're all white. Black people, on the other hand, we are <clears throat> of the spectrum. I mean, you could be, <laughs> be as light as light bright. Or you can be as dark as midnight. It just depends um but that's the history and that's how we got to that point point. and <clears throat> because of as i mentioned in, in the uh, context because of white supremacy in in slavery uh the darker skinned slaves were treated differently from the lighter skinned slaves and then the lighter skinned slaves uh many of them were able to live in the house in the housing quarters and not out in the fields, in the shacks where the dark-skinned slaves were. And thus coining coining the term uh, house Negroes. Um, But yeah, that's the history. Uh, So let's let's go a little bit further. Um, Let's give you some examples. And these are all facts that I pulled up here before I started recording this podcast. Examples of colorism. Telling black children to stay out of the sun because they'll get black. They'll get too black. Oh, man, I heard that a lot in my life, especially growing up in South Carolina. Boy, you better get out of that, sun; You're going to be too black. As if there's something wrong with being black or blacker. Let me let y'all in on a little secret. I don't know if you notice or not, because many of you who are listening and watching may not know me personally. I... (laughs) absolutely love this 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 skin this this hue that i am i have loved this color probably since i was like 7 or 8 and so like <laughs> it's just like it, uh, my man Pa said and um in me myself and i De la soul people think they diss my person by stating i'm darkly packed meaning that you're thinking you're dissing me because you call me black. You could call me black. I'm black and I'm beautiful, and I've always. And my mom, credit to my mom. My mom always instilled in, in that in me. Um, you know, so she always told me I was handsome, and she always told me I was a cute kid, and so forth and so on. And then when I went out in society, you know, everybody else recognized. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was. It was, uh, you know, that I heard that a lot. Especially, again, growing up in the South. Like, they tell you, specifically. Don't be outside too long. Don't be in the sun too long. You'll you'll get blacker. And I mean, here's the reality. We're black people, so we're only going to tan, but so much. So, I could spend all day outside in the sun. The reality is, I'm probably not going to get any darker than I am. Um, If you're light-skinned, yeah, you'll get darker, but You'll come back to your color. We we as a people don't change colors. (laughs) I don't know if y'all know that or not. Um, Other examples of colorism. Uh, Refusing to to cast darker skinned black people in important film and TV roles. We know that this happens. Uh, Favoring one child over the other because they have lighter skin. Uh, Unfortunately, that has and does and still... Happens in the black community. Refusing to date dark skinned people. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> um, I have. Never said that. But I've heard it a lot. I've heard it more times than I want to admit. Men's black men say. I'm, I'm not dating a dark skinned woman. I mean my thing is this at the end of the day you're black at least that's what you should be and so for you to say that you wouldn't date a dark-skinned woman that's saying that you wouldn't date a black woman and i got i got issue with that now you know teachers on everybody everybody ain't everybody's cup of tea but i never believed that theory or that mindset of saying that you know you wouldn't date somebody that's dark-skinned i in full disclosure The chocolate brother (laughs) that I am, chocolate boy wonder. Um, I'll be honest, you know, prior to getting married, I dated, and I've only dated black women, because I don't find, I don't find white women attractive. Sorry, not sorry. Um, and that's cool because they might not find me attractive, and that's their loss. But anyway, um, I've dated, if I can, if I could tell you, I've dated really. Every end of the spectrum from red bone like and i I laugh when i say the word red bone because i think about uh the the tv show everybody hates chris and uh mr omar would always say man there's nothing like a good red bone (laughs) um but yeah from red to i mean midnight tire black dark skin and I mean and all of them in my, in my opinion were beautiful so it didn't matter and so I I didn't care and I still don't care uh, I find the beauty in black women in all hues Um, okay other examples of colorism uh, glorifying features like light skin straight hair or light eyes um, saying things like she is pretty for a dark-skinned girl. Or she is beautiful because she's light-skinned. Stop right here. Um, If I had a dollar for every time that I heard that, I would be independently wealthy right now. Uh, unfortunately, that's something that is constantly said and perpetuated in the black community. Other uh, example, when lining up kids, putting the kids with the darkest skin in the back of the line. You're using hashtags on social media like hashtag team um, So yeah, it, it, it's, it's been ingrained. Those are just some examples of colorism. Um, it's been ingrained in us. And, it, and again, it goes back to slavery and you know, it reminds me of the the um, Public Enemy line: "The hater taught hate," meaning that the slave master taught his slaves to hate themselves, to separate themselves, because you could never get unity amongst slaves if you divided them. And probably the easiest way was the easiest way to divide them was to create a second class and make ones feel better than the other about themselves, about their living situations, about their overall life. And so that's how it, it, it came to be. Now, again, it trickled down and it trickled down over the years. Um, and it, it trickled down and it's something that has permeated throughout our community in different ways and different mediums. Um, and it hasn't been cool. And it's something that, again, it's it's the secret that, you know, really wasn't talked about a lot, uh, but it was um, definitely something that was there. And I don't think that, you know, we as black people could not acknowledge the fact that it's there. Case in point. I'll give you an example. Um, As many of you know, or maybe you don't know, uh, if you follow the podcast, you know that I am a proud alum of the great South Carolina State University. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see my helmet right here where I played college football at, got my degree in marketing in 1996, right? I attend I enrolled in South at South Carolina State University in Orangeburg, South Carolina in 1991, the fall of 1991. Um there was no criteria for me to get into South Carolina State. But at one point in time, there was. And what I mean by that is there was such a thing called the paperback test. And schools like, for those of you who don't know, South Carolina State is a HBCU. It's a historically black college and university. So South Carolina State and many other HBCUs implemented what they call the bag test. So when you submitted your paperwork, when you submitted your application, you had to submit a photo of yourself. And in that photo, as they were reviewing your application, you had to pass what they call the bag test. What that means is if your skin was darker than a paper bag, you would not be admitted to that college. Let me say that again, a historically black college located in the Jim Crow South as probably late as the 1950s, you and and South Carolina State's been in existence since, excuse me, since 1896. So we've been around for a long time, right? educating black people in the state of South Carolina, in the South in general. And we had a policy, an unwritten policy, but a policy nonetheless, much like many other HBCUs of its ilk. If you submitted a picture and your skin tone was darker than a brown paper bag, you would not be admitted. It didn't matter how great your grades were. Didn't matter how cool you was. Didn't matter how fine you was. You were not getting in that school. So if I had applied to <laughs> South Carolina State in 1946 as opposed to 1991, my chocolate face, my coolness, my ability to play football, my none of that would have gotten me into my beloved South Carolina State University. And so herein lies the problem. How is it that we can perpetuate the idea of we need to stress education when our own educational system is separating us and ostracizing us based on how we look. We're all black people. In theory, we all should be accepted to the school. And again, this is, you know, late 40s. This was from school's inception up until, you know, like I said, maybe mid forties. Um and it, and it's interesting because if you and I learned this my freshman year, if you look at pictures of students because they are pictures all over the place. If you look at pictures from back then, I mean everybody was light. All the dudes was light skin. Uh they had the hair wavy, the fried dyed and laid to the side. I mean like the ladies, you know, they had nice hair, but they were all light-skinned. And, you know, like I said, probably around 1950 that changed, but up until that point, <clears throat> if you wanted to be educated, and because keep in mind that you couldn't go to the University of Alabama, you couldn't go to the University of Georgia, University of South Carolina for that matter, or Notre Dame, or Yale, or wherever. So, HBCUs were discriminating, discriminate, discriminating against their own people, that's crazy when you think about it. But again, the trickle-down effect from white supremacy and how the slaves were treated, we treated ourselves even worse, and it's because of colorism. Now, the article also says how to heal from colorism. Couple of key things, acknowledge that colorism exists through individual, institutional, and cultural encounters and that it occurs across races because it does, it's not specific just to black people. I'm giving you the black perspective because I'm black. (laughs) Educate yourself on the history of colorism, which is what I've done on this podcast thus far. Check in with yourself. How may you internalize and perpetuate colorism because sometimes we do, and we don't even know it. Listen to people who open up about the colorism they have have experienced. If you talk to enough Black people, you will you will get stories. Particularly if they are older. Um, I have a friend, and I'm sure she's going to hear this episode. Uh, shout out to T. Um, we we've talked about that. We we go back. I mean, she used to blog back in the day, and we were blogging. And um, I remember her specifically. I read her, her, her name was pretty black back then. And she talked specifically on her blog about, you know, instances of colorism and the things that she experienced being a dark skinned girl growing up in the seventies um, in the eighties, excuse me, eighties and nineties. Um, so yeah, it, it's, if you talk to people, they will tell you, you know, their experiences. Um, have conversations with people. Share what you've learned about colorism and how it affects others. Uh, Parents, caregivers, have conversations about race, colorism from an early age and continue, you know, these conversations as the child grows. I think that's very important. And I'll talk about my kids in just a second. Uh, Increase the diversity of Blackness in Hollywood. I think that's very important because if you make beyonce the model for what's beautiful as far as black women well every black woman doesn't look like every black woman doesn't look like beyonce every black woman isn't you know light skin long hair you know light eyes um some women look like lupita i can't pronounce the last name you know what i'm talking about lupita from black panther (laughs) she is beautiful um but we we black women, black men, we come in all shape, sizes and hues. Um but yeah, I think that's, you know, some of the things that we have to we have to acknowledge. Um and that's how you heal from, you know, colorism. Uh I mentioned earlier that I was going to talk about myself. Um and, and again, I, I have no problem uh disclosing this, but um like <laughs> It's interesting and what what the thing that caught my attention was again the tweet but like and i don't know if some of you know because you know me but the rest of you don't know like my wife i'm dark-skinned but my wife isn't my wife is light-skinned now (laughs) as many of you know maybe you don't know we actually met in college right I, when I met her, I didn't say, hey, that, that girl right there is going to be my wife. But, you know, at the time of this recording, we're about to celebrate 23 years of marriage. we got four beautiful kids. Um, And what's interesting is, like, we we would have these conversations. And I remember, like, when we first started talking, we, we were friends, really good friends at first, and then we started dating. And I remember just you know we just some random conversation we were having breakfast one day uh, at school and you know she mentioned the fact that you know she had only dated like dark skinned guys and I was like <laughs> I looked at her like she was crazy <clears throat> I was like so what does that mean and she was like well I, you know I've always been attracted to dark skinned guys and I was like well you like guys I was like so what does that mean and so, cause I kept asking like cause I seriously wanted to know like what does that mean and I knew what it meant, but I wanted her to say it, and so I joked with her, I said, well, hey, you have a color complex. And she was like, well, you, you know, I'm light-skinned. She was like, you you date, I was like, and I, told, I, I stopped her right there, I said, look, I've dated them all. <laughs> um, and, and all colors, I mean, like, all hues as far as black women are concerned. Because again, I just, I wasn't raised that way, I was just raised to see black women I didn't really differentiate between light and dark or anything like that my mother's dark skin but my mother is a beautiful woman and she just instilled in me like you need to be able to be with a black woman and that's what she told me and my brother and you know we both <laughs> married black women Um, but no I wasn't I wasn't tripping on that like and so her little joke for me was uh <laughs> when we were dating in college she used to call me her chocolate man and so like you know it it was a running joke and it was inside joke and i'm not going to get into why she called me that but anyway (laughs) long story short um so like fast forward we we date forever get married in 2000 right we have kids we have dion our oldest um and then like naturally our kids color-wise um, <laughs> are closer to the brown paper bag. Uh, and they all are, honestly, the four of them, are. we have three sons, Dion, Cameron, Brandon, and our youngest child is our daughter, Skylar. They're all like different hues. I mean, like, Dion and Skylar, number one and number four, are probably the closest in hues. They're very brown, Cameron is probably a lighter shade of brown. Now, Brandon. Brandon is my twin. Uh, Honestly, if if you see us together, if you see any pictures of a young 12 Kyle, he looks just like me. Same hue, same color, you know, same hairstyle. I mean, like, everything. And so when he was born, uh, Sharice would call him her chocolate man. And so like, she still calls her, she still calls him her chocolate man. I guess I ain't the chocolate man no more. I'm, I'm like the second chocolate in charge, I guess. Um, but no, we, we, as I mentioned, you know, as far as like some of the things that I read in that article, but you know, one of the things that we've talked about as a family, uh, (laughs) is color and colorism in sp- more specifically and we always have we always have dinner at the table we always eat dinner together we don't eat every meal together we don't eat breakfast all the time because everybody's excuse me we're moving in different directions um we don't all eat all eat lunch at the same time but we always eat dinner together we always eat dinner 6 37 and we watch tv together we watch jeopardy and wheel of fortune together <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, long story short, we've had those conversations at dinner, and I think they're very important to have because uh I never wanted them to have i never wanted them to have a color complex I never wanted them to um uh, experience or you know be involved in colorism uh I wanted them to specifically you know my sons because they're of age to be dating um at 24 21 and soon to be brandon soon to be 17 um you know i wanted them to see the beauty in black women in all hues and for the most part they've dated they've all dated like girls you know black girls of different you know light dark brown whatever um you know and my daughter you know she again she's brown she's you know kind of that paper bag brown and you know so she's i don't know i mean like some of the boys in her class might like light skin and i mean like again i don't want her to experience that level of colorism but we all i think it's very important to have those kind of conversations because you want them to know what they're actually may face from their own people unfortunately um but yeah you know that's that's like the running joke you know like at the table I'm like yeah you know your mom got a color complex and uh, you know and sometimes like I remember earlier this summer we were having a conversation at the table we were eating dinner and Cameron said something about a light skinned girl and, and my wife just kind of looked at me and she was like oh don't say that around your dad you know he gets upset and I don't honestly I don't get upset it's, it's more of a joke but I want them to understand like we can't do that you have to see the beauty in a woman that's as same complexion as your mother, the a woman the same complexion as your father, or lighter or darker. Um, you know, <laughs> our preference is is that you know they fall in love and get married with somebody black. Uh, I know that that may not be the case, but again, that's my preference. I can't, I'm not going to disown them because they don't. But at, if you ask me what I prefer, that's what I prefer. You know, just like my mom told me, she was like i mean my mom told me she just told she told me and my younger brother damon straight up like i don't want a white daughter-in-law <laughs> not that we ever were but i mean like she just i mean and you have to understand like as crazy as that might sound she is somebody who grew up in the jim crow south i mean she grew up in segregation so no she a proud black woman so she would want her sons to have black women and that's what we did we married and you know had black kids. Um, and there's nothing wrong if you, if you're interracial dating, whatever, it just, it wasn't going to be anything for me. Um, but colorism is, is it's important. And, um, I, I, feel like that tweet really sent me down a path. Uh, it, it sent me down a, a way. Cause again, I'm looking for snowfall tweets. I wasn't looking for this tweet and this tweet actually became a podcast. Um, but I wanted to come on here and educate you all uh and, and spark some conversation. Um, you know, you know, it's never gonna be too heavy on this podcast, but you know, feel free to give me any comments, criticisms. Uh I may listen, I may not. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I think it's it's a it's a dialogue that we need to have as a people. Uh I think for so long we have uh held ourselves back from colorism. And I think we have to make sure that we have these conversations so that One, we don't do it again, and two, we make sure that the next generation doesn't fall into the same traps that the previous generation fell into uh, because of white supremacy. And that's going to do it for me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for checking out this episode of the 12 Kyle podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Remember, the podcast drops every Thursday at midnight from time to time, from time to time. We drop bonus episodes on Sundays at midnight. Uh, if you feel so inclined, hit us up on Cash App. Dollar sign. T-W-E-L-V-E-K-Y-L-E. Again, that's going to do it for me. This has been an episode of the 12 Kyle Podcast. Talking about colorism, colors. Uh, again, that's going to do it for me. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's. Cheers.